We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. This is the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. Enjoy the episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Bearcast. My name is Andy. Here along with me is Rob our very excellent host and even better friend, such a good friend that I can't even keep up with how good of a friend he is. But I digress. We are here to move on from UCLA and to move towards Oregon State. I have to redo it, huh? Because I didn't say Blue Wire Podcast Network. Fuck. You're fine. You just said it. You just said it. Let's just move on. You said it. Let's just move on. All right. Onwards we go. Onwards so, we go. <laughs> looking towards Oregon State. How are we feeling, Rob? I don't know. I don't know how I, I don't know how I should feel. Did you watch any of the Washington Oregon State game on Saturday night? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I you, um I pro I mean I know it was close and I was kind of checking in on it from you know different but yeah. So they had a block they had a block punt on their first drive just like our our game against UCLA. A block punt on the first try. Maybe block punts aren't so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. It's, this is gonna be a short pod, but we're gonna be here talking about the Oregon State game, something to look forward to, things like that. Uh, I guess. I guess uh, we have some questions here that we can kind of use as a as a jumping off point to talk about this. Mario sends us this question. And says, "What did we?" And he's. I think he's referring to the UCLA game. What did we see or not see today from Musgrave's offense? Seemed like very limited play calling and a lot of designed QB draws. So let's use that as a jumping off point to what we might see for Oregon State and you know maybe a little bit more of a developed offense if we actually end up playing Oregon State 
at yeah. the supposed time we were supposed to play Oregon State. Right. Which is, I believe, noon on Saturday is the game schedule for this week. Andy, you have any opening thoughts for that? So I think that, uh, you know, we're the cow's in the hole again. Cow's going to be in the hole potentially the entire season because we're now a game behind everybody else. Just in the same way, Utah is going to be in an even worse position. Arizona so State Utah's too. And Arizona, well, Arizona State, they got their they game canceled this week. SC though, they played. Well, they got one. They got one game in, but they got this week's game canceled and next week's game's canceled too. All right, right. So they're going to come out of that just. You know, they're going to be exactly okay. Well said. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just sort of we're behind the eight ball this now, and that is what it is. I think that if you see like what happened against UCLA, and you should go listen to the pod with Travion Beck because it's really like his perspective is really good on it, there's going to be a, a noticeable difference between UCLA and Oregon State in that we can actually we'll have a game plan for the opponent, what you mentioned before and be able to execute against that. Not, uh, you know, knock on wood, have the game canceled or pushed and then to like, have it be like that. We're playing USC in LA. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. So I think that there is reason to think that the offense will be quite different. You're not, probably going to see Cal get down by the same amount either, which means that the run game should be a lot more of a viable option. And that's the big thing with the UCLA game. I was like, dude, like where, yep. you know, I mean, I watched, was- watched Chris Brown dominate UCLA last season. So it's like, where is Chris Brown? And, you know, the game situation didn't really lend itself to bringing our running game back in as much as we would have liked to have seen it. That was your first text to me when we were watching the game. It was uh, where what where is this? Um, where is our running game? That is that is the exact word for word text that you sent me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. I I think you're absolutely right. I but I think that the the question that I would want to ask now, and this is a bigger picture question, right? Is I think yes, we're going to see more of a non conservative play call. We're going to go back to a little bit normal. If we do revert to a conservative play call, either that is the game plan for the entire season, in my opinion, because of the uncertainty of week to week. Like we're not going to, we're not going to specific game plan for a specific opponent. It's just, we're just going to keep a conservative playbook. And this is what we're called regardless, because we don't know what opponent we might be playing this weekend, um, which could be a smart approach if you really think about it. But anyways, um, if we, if we go that route, I do think we'll see a little bit more. Uh, we didn't see a lot of play action in this game, and that's also because we didn't establish a run. But I know that's a part of the offense that they want to run, which is play action. And maybe we get that against Oregon. Maybe we start to see a little bit more sprinkles of that. The cool thing about what we saw against UCLA, even though the execution wasn't great, is just the sheer variety of personnel looks that we got all game. Um, and that was fresh. To get Chase under center, to get him in a pistol look, to get him in 21 personnel, to get him in 22 personnel, like 12 personnel. Like it was just we saw him with everything that we hadn't seen the last few years. And it was a legitimate, quote unquote, pro style offense where you gave him multiple looks. And we had even the wide receivers were constantly being, you know, filtered in and out and rotated. Right. Like we saw, I believe it was a Monroe Young get his first catch of his career towards the end of the game. 
Um, and we just saw all of these yeah. guys start to get some playing time. So that was a pos- that's a net positive. Um, the question now that I would I would want to a- ask you is, is this the year, right, where because it quote, it kind of doesn't mean anything, do you try everything and throw everything against the wall and see what sticks? Or because this year is is slightly meaningless in the sense that you're only playing however many games you're able to play, do you do you keep all of like your good plays and your creativity and everything close to the chest because you don't want other opponents to get that on tape going into next year, which we hope is an actual normal 12 game season? I'm trying to think about that from a business perspective. So Mm -hmm. if I like, if you think about it, like COVID with the business has forced you to kind of take, okay, of all the things that you could do this year, what can you do? And what are the things that you need to stop doing? And what are the things that you can continue doing? And most businesses have, I would say, gotten to the core of what they do and gotten rid of the things that are kind of on the outside. So if I were to just apply that here, I would say that it, I would think that it would probably be a year where you stick more to building the fundamentals and mm. trying and to go that direction rather than investing and spending time on things that are like more advanced or, you know, more situational. So I think just applying that lens to it, I would say, you know, probably just, you know, try to get down into the fundamentals, re- repeat those, see if there's success there, learn, and then from there, maybe introduce some more of those uh, trick plays, if you will, or anything like that Pretty later timid. on, yeah. you know, the next season when people are, when your own team is more familiar with it. And what you said too, is that, you know, if there is no negative, if this season is a true, just, experiment and you're not losing experience for having played in the season, then, you know, I I think that to me is just like, okay, like how is this not looked at just as like spring ball, like a spring Mm -hmm. schedule, right? Right. How are we not just looking at this and being like, okay, here's a unique experiment to get game experience. And so, so I guess, I don't know. You could also use that though, as an argument, for the other and being like, well, if it doesn't count, then it's like, who cares? Let's run fake punts every play and go for every fourth down because, you know, those type of things. You obviously wouldn't do those. But what do you think? Uh, I I would say, like, I guess the personality in me would be let's not show any of our creativity. Let's just work on our base fundamentals. Let's not do anything outside the box too much. Um, to give away a lot of the looks that we might be trying out and being a part of our offense. Cause you can, you can generate a little bit of that element of surprise um, going into next year. And let's say this year we're working on our fundamentals. What Musgrave wants our offensive line to do, what he expects of our quarterbacks to do, getting the quarterbacks used to playing under center, like getting our running backs used to playing with a fullback in front of them, like reading the lanes, like our wide receivers, like learning the routes and, you know, some of the hot routes and, the Erhard Perkins system, which we kind of did see Chase do a couple of times where he changed up the play at the line of scrimmage um, and getting all of those base things in so that you can start doing the little creative stuff on top of that. That's how I would go about it. Um, and as you said, just use this year, use this season as a glorified spring ball uh, where you can use it in actual games and you get it in those games um, and actual live reps with 
with the added pressure of playing in a game. Like regardless of it, even if you count it in your head, you're like, oh yeah, this game doesn't count. The moment you step onto the field and the refs are there, the whistle blows, you see the score on the board, like the adrenaline starts pumping, right? Regardless of how much mental training you've done. So to be able to perform to what you are asked to do fundamentally with that game pressure on you, that's what you call experience. And you, there's no substitute for that. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the US visit Indeed each month according to Comscore. That's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can get you the help you need and the quality hire you need as well. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I guess we can look forward to that's a good that was a good question. Thank you, Mario. Um we'll move on to what we think about the Oregon State game. Um you got any thoughts? Yeah, because I've been calling this unsafe all year <laughs> and, and now like oregon state's zero and two but they played washington really tight uh the there's washington this, state really tight yeah there's Week a canzano article uh that is super high about where the beavers are going and that they can compete with anyone in the conference i look i think that we need to be okay with zero and two to three and three, you know, like something like that happening. And I'm just going to say it's not going to be easy to get that offense coming off of a, you know, just one game experience with UCLA. And once again, not a lot of players in 
I think our offense will look a lot better. And that's not too controversial of a prediction <laughs> there. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, the defense to me is up against it again, really quickly because our conference is challenging. So, but this is a good game to have. Like I would have been really pissed if the big game, like dude, if the big game was this next week, I was like, Oh man, that sucks. Like, because you just don't even feel like it's such a coin flip that it's like, man, I wish like, I wish the ax would like something meaningful wasn't really up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really happy that we have this game and that we can, you know, have an additional week of prep and maybe things normalize a little bit for the program. Uh, I doubt it. I just doubt that things are going to get normal. Like who's out here wishing for normalcy at this point. That's just craziness. <laughs> but <laughs> That, yeah, that's where I'm at. What about you? I, I think you're I think we're on the same page. I think the Oregon State game, probably a lot of people pegged as a, a win, like before when you were just looking at the schedule. But after looking at how they played Washington State, and we thought that was gonna be there were gonna be a dumpster fire, like the Washington State's pretty outstanding, and they have an they actually have a freshman quarterback who's gonna terrorize us for the next three four years. Because, you know, this year's a mulligan. Um, and then they played Washington outstandingly up until the last minute. Like, their offense is the one that kind of gave up on them towards the end. But they played Washington as close as you can possibly expect. Uh, and they almost snuck out of Seattle with a win. So I'm – I don't – I wouldn't say I'm terrified to play this team, but I am very worried to say the least. Because if we come out as flat as we did against UCLA, that team who's played two games in front of us in Oregon State uh, against two quality opponents is coming into this game with confidence that they can compete with anyone. Hmm. They're not lacking that. And they have playmakers. And if those playmakers come to play, like Jamar Jefferson, who I who I honestly think is the best running back in the conference, along with one of the best pass rushers and havoc creators in the Pac-12 in uh, Hamakar Rashid Jr. Like they have a star player on both sides of the ball that they can look to um, to to just carry them on that side. So that's the thing is if their stars are going, our stars are definitely not going right now. Like our stars are definitely just coming off the UCLA game and just basing it off of that. No one was stellar. Um, you saw you saw hints of it a little bit, and you saw guys starting to get into game shape, but no one at the end of the game could you point to and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, they got over the first game heebie-jeebies, and now they're they're fully ready to go." There, I didn't see anyone. So, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be an easy game. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I was just looking up to see if uh, the last <clears throat> chance you, Rajon Wright, was yep. there and his yep. brother. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, a little TV plug. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's just not uh, – I, I think that this is a game that we can win and have a pretty good shot of winning. And I would maybe just – throw some caution out there. If it doesn't happen, you know, drink a beer, move on. Go to it's only else. noon. It'll only be noon. 
<laughs> go do something else. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just not. It's just not worth the energy to be too upset. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I really want to see those like more of the young guys mm-hmm. and and see what we have there and just further get to know like kind of what this offense is going to be, what the identity is going to be, and and all that. Well, let's uh let's t- let's give a little prediction uh for Saturday. Let's talk about let's do it the negative first, and then we'll end on a positive note. Yeah. What what do you think has to go wrong for us to lose this game? Or another way of phrasing it is, is what doesn't happen that we need to happen okay. that gets us this loss? Defense doesn't tighten things up. And so we give up 35 points. You know, same performance against UCLA. And then the offense simultaneously, I think, the maybe they struggle with pressure, mm-hmm. unable to take the deep shots, as uh, Travion mentioned, unable to kind of take the deep shots that free up, uh, you know, more of the receivers, the receivers to do more. So if those two things kind of happen. Like if we're not able to establish the run game, I think we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I, that in any combination with the defense that gives up 35 points isn't great because then it's harder to see how you get to 35 points. That's what I'm thinking. The other side too is just like defense is, you know, real young, tired, whatever, COVID's going on, not prepared, and they give up more than 35. And you start thinking, okay, like that type of situation. You know, I, all I can think about is like the Ryan Nall game. Uh, mm-hmm. of of yesteryear under the sun, oh, under, under sunny dykes. So yeah. there, yep, glad I'm putting <laughs> a smile on your face. There's your negative. That's why we start with the negatives. That's why we start with the negatives. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think you're totally on point. I would say I would say the same thing. I'd say what what would have to go wrong or not happen for us to lose this game? The offensive line just ble- just bled pressure, like. They they got in the backfield and got whatever they like whatever direction they wanted to apply a bit more pressure they got to to chase which is why you saw them. I so a lot of people are like why were there so many design quarterback runs I don't think there were that many I think he was stepping into the pocket and he didn't see anything and he just had to take off and it made it look like a draw because he was dropping back into the pocket like on this on the step backs on the dropbacks and then he like you know shift up. And it just looked like he was going for a QB draw. But in all honesty, like he was trying to shed tackles left and right in the pocket, right? Like he he was like dropping shoulders, like trying to go ducking under. Like I can't blame Trace for his performance today when he barely had time to even make his reads. And Travion was talking about it on the pod, right? What he's he has to make his reads as he's dropping back. And that's an added factor to his experience that he's never done before. And so if that type of play holds up but from the offensive line we're not we're not going to win it's, it's there's zero chance and then the sec because especially because our wide receivers seem to look like it's a lot of longer developing plays now they're not as they're not as like snap then pass it's like snap you need at least two three seconds to go one two three make the read and then make the throw and you need guys to develop because there's a lot of patterns and meshes and um you know like things that they want to do conceptually to free up certain guys so I think that's kind of what was wasn't happening at the UCLA game. The other side of that offensive line is if we can't get our run game going, we can't open up our playbook. And our offensive line needs to get some push. 
Hopefully the Oregon State game is the one where they start to get get some confidence. But no one was hurt. We didn't have it. We didn't have that many penalties either. There was that one McCade Metower penalty, um, but I think it was also just just getting the nerves out. Like where he he like leaned. It was it was actually yeah. It was actually pretty funny because I think he lost his balance like as he was getting ready for the snap. And he just kind of he just kind of he just kind of lost it. Um, but like yeah, it's just you just gotta tighten those types of things up, and those types of things come in mid season form, which we're asking them to be in midseason form because it's quote unquote supposed to be our midseason, but it's only game two. So that's probably that's probably it. I think defensively I think uh I think we'll be all right. So now the positive spin? Let's do the positive spin. So I think from a positive perspective, I, I think a big thing would just be the defense getting maybe three, four straight stops to start the game. So you know, maybe it's that Oregon State really doesn't get beyond. Like, I'm not expecting them not to get a first down, but maybe it's like, hey, like, you know, they get a couple first downs and out, a couple first downs and out, a couple first downs and out. And that gives the offense, you know, a little bit of time to breathe. And okay, it's not like we have to score right away or anything like that. That would be big. Just to reverse anything left mm-hmm. over from this last week. So I think that would be big. And then obviously just chase, like, probably getting chase to be a little bit more comfortable and so like i do wonder if it is you know putting him in shotgun or um yeah however we can make him feel comfortable i think he just needs to get the ball out fast and so uh so that and so that so that he can do the things that we know that he can do so those two things happen and i think if we're able to dictate that game we if we can dictate what is justin wilcox been uniquely good at at cal he's been uniquely good at which we've talked about in past pods that he can take an opponent and force them to play the way that he wants them to play it doesn't always net out in wins but we beat better teams because of it and i think that as you go into this shortened season and ignore the impo- opponent who it is. What do we need to do? We need to force our opponents to play a game that they didn't anticipate playing. And so if we can do that with Oregon State and force them to be uncomfortable with what they're doing. I think things move positively for Cal and, you know, maybe look a little bit more bright in regards to what's going to happen for 2020 season. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Man, make them uncomfortable, right? We need to be comfortable. They need to be uncomfortable. And I think that's the way you win the game. I think uh I think what I would say for us to win the game is we need to rattle Tristan Gebbia. Like we need to we need to get in the backfield, we need to get in some sacks. We need to we need to start because he's a freshman quarterback, like and only has two starts under his belt. Like we need to start putting some pressure on him and making him throw the ball quickly and make decisions quickly. And that's the hardest thing for young quarterbacks, right? Is quickly making a decision. Not not like giving him only one decision to look at, and that's that's what he's throwing to. And from an offensive perspective, that's probably what you want to do to ease in your freshman quarterback. But from our end, we want to we want to even shorten that time. We we want his his deciding like decision making time to be as short as possible, that he doesn't have time to second guess his stuff. Because the moment we allow him to do that, he's probably going to be able to make more reads and get more comfortable. So like we can't even have him think about like was this the right pass or the wrong pass. Because there's going to be wrong passes in some of those decisions. And then that's the ones we have to capitalize on. So got to get into the backfield. 
which means we need our nose guards. We need our nose guards. We need Stanley McKenzie. We need Aaron Maldonado. That way we can rotate our guys a bit more. J.H. Tevis was great, but he looked a little slow on the outside. Um, so rotating him in with some Brett Johnson and some of the other younger guys that played, uh, I think is going to do wonders for us. And the younger guys too, like Trey said, like, you know, we have a bunch of younger guys on our team and he's excited to watch them. I definitely am because now they just got their first taste of college football. They're going to want more. Like it's even for us as fans, like, you know, once you get the taste of college football, like it's, it's an insatiable appetite, right? You want more, you want more college football. And I think that's going to be the exact same with these younger guys. You're going to see them be more active, more hungry to play like Oren Patu, my boy got, got some playing time today and dude, like he looked ready to go. And then, you know, like Trace on our preview podcast talked about ISFA maybe taking over as the starter by the end of the season. He already got playing time today. <laughs> it's game one. You know, and we talked about it, right, with with Trey about we've you and I have always talked about where is our inside linebacker depth? <laughs> like we we don't rotate. We don't see any of that. And we saw it this game. Like we saw ISFA playing. We saw Tattersall playing. We saw Coin playing. Like we saw a bit of a rotation in there. And I think finally we're starting to get that. So that's my optimism is that we're going to start to see a lot of other guys start to perform. Uh, maybe they were expected guys to perform or maybe they weren't expected guys to perform, but we're going to start to see that. I think that's a good way to end it. Some optimism, right? Yeah, we need that. <laughs> we need optimism. everybody needs that. Everybody needs a little shot of optimism in their lives. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's a good way to end it. So we're going to end it there. You've been listening to the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you're listening to us, you already found us, so I don't need to tell you where to find us. But you can find our written stuff at writeforcalifornia.com. Also, we're doing live streams for all of our uh, games. We did one for the UCLA game. You can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash writeforcalifornia, and rewatch that, the shenanigans that ensued, and Nick uh, explaining his strategy for sports trivia on Jeopardy. <laughs> Um, it was it was eventful to say the least. Uh, I wasn't able to join for a majority of it, but I will be there for this coming Saturday's game against Oregon State. We're trying to get some guests lined up for that, hopefully, because we've had guests lined up for the last two weeks. But then for the last two weeks, it's either been canceled or we've had our opponent change on us. So we've had we haven't been able to get guests on. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping this one stays and we actually get it. And being a noon game, I think it's probably a little bit easier to get. Tomorrow, so. We look forward to that. Uh, and that's a wrap. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs>